get beat up good Drive yourself crazy being misunderstood Sometimes you wanna throw the towel in But you come out swinging like you just might win You gotta keep on, keep on, keep it on Push it on down the line Keep on, keep on, keep it on Keep from getting further What's up, everybody? Welcome to officially episode number four of Two Dudes in a Bunker. This is Daniel Tiny Gidry, my co-host, Matt Superstar Sweat. What's going on? Man, we have a lot to get to. Lots of going to Olympics, 24 hours a day. The Saints have a new head coach. Baseball's not going to be played in 2022, and it looks like Mr. Putin is turning into a puta. We'll talk about that, too. So what's up, dude? Man, it's been a been a couple of weeks. We missed last week, but that's okay. Yeah, I had a couple of health scares, I guess. Yeah, and, uh, I had some to... I had some boogers, um, <laughs> and it really it really was what you would I would probably say not that big of a deal. But man, me and we we go to a Mardi Gras ball, and uh, we come back, and by Wednesday, I'm like, okay, I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> um, no fever, just a bunch of bunch of clogged up, you know, pipes and. The best case scenario, given uh, the situation, you know, with COVID and everything, you can't be too careful. So yeah, that's you true. Gotta, you COVID, gotta, you gotta watch. COVID negative, and uh, considering that we like to sit across from the table and love on each other a little bit, uh, that's not good for uh, anybody to be passing all that stuff around. That's right. That's right. Um, so, what do you think, man? Like, I love the Olympics. You, you like the Olympics? Love the Olympics. I've always, always watched since I was a little kid. So, there's a lot of. Here's one thing that I really like about the Olympics. Everybody's included. Men, the women, they I like I want to see him go like I want to see a man woman co-ed competition on a half pipe. On a snowboard half pipe and just go at it. That's probably one sport you could probably get away with it. I want to see Sean White go yeah. against the best in the world, right? Yeah. And it amazes me that it, in the Winter Olympics it's really cool because you see the same people in the X Games that you see at the Olympics. So not only is it oh some chick from Norway who's six foot four and blonde, by the way, nothing wrong with Norway women; they're hot. <laughs> um, but it make you see Australian people, you know, and you know, places that you wouldn't even think have you know have any kind of winter games. True, and here they are winning gold medals on half pipes, and that's like. One of the coolest things I think about the Winter Olympics. That's well, the Olympics in general. I mean, it's a it's a time when people from all over the world can come together. Politics aside, I mean, going into these Olympics, there was a lot of political uproar about you know the U.S. delegation not showing up to the to the Olympics, the political delegation. Uh, I don't think it was ever in question that the players were going to go. Uh, there definitely was an argument to to have them not participate given the the temperature of the world politic, but uh, once the games start, it's all about the games. Yeah, man. but and that's it, that's the beauty of it. So if if you were isn't isn't that a reason to go though to kick everybody's ass? Well, you would think, but it seems like that even has kind of taken a backseat. The, the competition between the countries, uh, as you were mentioning before with the X Games. Most of these guys see each other. They all see each other all year long. They're all buddies. It's not 
this country versus that country. Right. There, it, it really is individual. It's, it's individual competition. It's not like 1980 Lake Placid, USSR exactly. versus the United don't, States. You, you don't get that. You don't get those uh, uh, scripts like that. I mean, it the, doesn't have the same feel that it did back then. So has, has the professional aspect of these sports taken a little bit away from the nationality battles? Since you, I mean, I think it certainly has. I think if you look at uh, even the the situation with uh, the uh, ski the uh, skier that was American and then decided to give up her American citizenship right. so that she could compete for China, I saw that. For her, good for her. She was just doing what she's doing. I mean, everybody else is trying to make a political thing out of it. Sure. Uh, so it really does. It takes that that whole us versus them, you know, America versus China versus Russia versus everybody. It takes all that out of it, and it really is this person competing against that person. The the flag that they compete under, I think, I just for America anyway. I think I certainly formality. think I certainly think there are countries out there like you watch the Norwegians. They're all about country. They're all. Sure. I mean, there are countries out there that are competing for their country. Switzerland, but I Norway. Think, I think here in America, it's been watered down. That it's not. That you just don't have that rah rah like you we're, used to. We're so diverse in you know what we do now. Well, I, for sure. I for mean, sure. you 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 now even have people, and we'll go to the Summer Olympics. Take for instance, we now have Kenyans who come over to the United States, gain citizenship, go to Colorado run the mountains forever, and then go out, and then they destroy people in running. Right. And you're thinking, okay, well, this kid's not from Cleveland. This dude's from Kenya. Right. I, I mean, that. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Well, I, and on top of all that, I think the because the American public doesn't support the team like they used to. I mean, used to be when the Olympics rolled around, every uh, McDonald's, was there oh, and yes. they were like pounding sure. Olympics, pounding Olympics, pounding Olympics. Well, that's when we were had... all excited about. Oh man, the Olympics go USA. You don't if if I hadn't turned on the TV a week ago, I wouldn't even know the Olympics were going on. Did did the Dream Team have something to do with killing that? Man, I I don't want to. I wouldn't give them that much credit. <laughs> oh, dude, that's the, that's still the greatest basketball team that I'll ever be. For sure, for or sure. A, any sport. It took the it took the amateur, the amateur competition out of it for <laughs> we, sure. We got tired of getting our asses kicked. Yeah, out of a sport that we created, so we just said. But you I know mean, what? but that Let them all go. But that doesn't explain the the fact that the U.S. population, the United States, has really backed out of supporting our Olympic team. Well, I you think, don't get I, that same. I think a lot of the Olympians stopped supporting America. Well, whatever, whatever the so case why, may be. Why I mean, would, why chicken, would, chicken or the A, which came would, first? Why would Joe Public, me and you, pull for people who hate us? Right. Or they claim that we're not worth going over there to compete for. Then why are you competing? Right. Does somebody pay well, you? Well, because you enjoy the sport, and it, it really is about the sport and the individual performance. It really has nothing to do with representing. Well, and I think that, kind of going back to a previous point. Well, the Chinese don't mind it because they love the it when the flag's raised. But it used to be the, the Olympics were the only time a lot of these sports were ever competed against. Right. Well, you now know, Nike and, you know. But now they're everywhere. you got X Games every year. So they have opportunities to, to, to compete 
continuously all the time. All the time. So the Olympics have kind of lost their luster uh, as far as being the the pinnacle of I still watch competition. It. No, absolutely, I do too. I in fact going into it, I was like, you know. I'm done with it. I don't really want to watch it. But then it started, and you I'm like, I can't like, not no, watch it, man. I mean, you watched it. Okay, so I was watching the other night, and I, I found myself screaming um, at, at the, the the giant slalom, mm-hmm. okay? So I'm watching this thing. First of all, I'm amazed that anybody can go 60 miles an hour without busting their tail. Well, and, and cutting those sharp corners. I mean, I can go try to do that. I'd probably shatter every bone in, uh, below my waist. But the way they do it, and I find myself when they go through those gates and you, you get to the point where, okay, well, here's the posted time and you're so close and then they get the, to the minus green and you're like, yeah. <laughs> so you find yourself rooting for these athletes. You don't know who the hell they are. I've never heard of for these sure. people. Like the only reason I even know who Lindsey Vaughn is is because she dated Tiger Woods. I had no idea she was on skis. <laughs> I just knew some hot blonde chick won a gold medal. Did not even know that was even her until she dated Tiger Woods. But, you know, they used to go on Wheaties boxes. Like, it used to be a proud thing. Right. Like, Mary Lou Retton, you know, the girl in Atlanta, um, the one that had, did it on a broken leg or, or whatever. I, I don't even know if it was broken, but it was severely injured. So, I mean, uh, Gabby from here in Houston. Yes. And, I mean, you these that we used to posterize, you don't see that no more. Right. You don't see that anymore. And I, 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 I always thought that, you know, to put that much effort into go for the to go for the United States, I mean it's the red, white, and blue. You know who you are, you know where it is, everybody's waving their flag, whatever. But it's almost like I'm not here for them, I'm here for me. Right. And I think professionalism and has taken that out of the amateur games. It, it certainly has in, in politics and in all the things that surround that uh, political and social uh, issues have, have gotten in the way of competition to where corporate sponsors are nervous about sponsoring the Olympics. Sure. So you don't see the major corporate sponsored Budweiser, McDonald's. Well, it's, it's, I mean, those are the, the big, the big ones. We're always there for the Olympics, it, it, it and now it's takes, taboo to to be involved with it. They have and, to. They and keep I don't it get that way. because that should be one thing that we should all be proud of as Americans, for sure. And they, I mean, I, I love it. I, man, play it because I haven't seen our national anthem, and we've won a couple of gold. I haven't even seen it broadcast where they even do the podium. That's true. I haven't seen it not one the, time. Now, the broadcast this year, I think mostly because NBC is trying to push it all to their paid platform, their Peacock or whatever it's called, that a lot of the mainstream yeah, stuff, I mean, you get the you get the the highlights at the end of the day, and you get the highlights in the morning, they replay them at night, but you have to go find them, either on demand or whatever. Whatever sports well, you want to see, you have to go search it out. And or being pay, in China in the middle of the nights when it's live. For sure. And the last few big events, the the Summer Olympics and the uh, World Cup soccer has all been in a different time zone, which always throws things off. But there's ways. The Summer Olympics, I thought, were awesome. The way they the way they broadcast that and made it available where you could go and pick from a menu what sport you wanted to see and you could watch all that sport. The whole thing. This, right. this one, this one, Almost, is, this one has been different. It's it's much more difficult to find what you're looking for. Well, there's it's much more difficult, probably a time zone wise, because when was the last Summer Olympics was where? Uh, we don't even know. 
right? So I, I don't. Was it oh, London? It was Japan, wasn't it? Or was it was it Tokyo? Hold on, I'll tell you. Keep going. I'll so it out. in the Winter Olympics, do you even get the um do you even get the same, you know, I want to watch this as you do the Summer Olympics? I would say no because everybody watches the Summer Olympics for one meet. Right. And that's the 100 meter the 100 meter get down. <laughs> we want to see who's the fastest man in the world. And that's a competition. Now, my favorite Winter Olympics is kind of like that. Lee Jansen was my guy, man. Lee Jansen Lee Jansen was my I watched that dude for two Olympics, man. And and he may have even participated in more. It, you know, when I was a kid, that's when USA hockey was, you know, first coming coming alive. It, and, you know, hockey finally caught on. And here we are with all these hockey players. USA is now competing for gold medals all the time. Right. Our women could probably beat most men teams. Hmm. Um, our women are so good. Have you watched that? Well, they got... Beat by Canada, pretty handily. Yeah, it was four two, pretty much the uh, whole game. They but, jumped out ahead and, and pretty much stayed there the whole time. Uh, we'll we'll catch them in the gold medal uh, round. We'll, beat, we'll them, beat them when it counts. So, by the way, it was Tokyo twenty twenty. Like, it was Sorry. okay. Yeah. So in the Summer Olympics, I think you get more. Um, it's more appealing the Summer Olympics because people are like, ooh. I know what this is. I want to watch that. I right. Want to, because everywhere has a summertime period. Right. Not everywhere has a winter. So That's true. You, and look, see, at, I'm, I'm, you look at Florida or, the, okay, so take Jamaica. Mm-hmm. They have a bobsled team. Okay. Thank God for John Candy because otherwise <laughs> that thing wouldn't be a novelty and that's the only reason why they go to the Winter Olympics every year. Now, they have gotten to the point where they're a pretty good bobsled team. Sure. Um, I mean, they put all of their track people on there and they, I mean, they, they phenomenal job. Right. Um, but you're not going to get anything outside of Jamaica. Right. So I think on a world scale, you don't get the, it's not as appealing as the summer Olympics. So why would you put that much in a broadcast to where, okay, well, here's all track. Here's all this. Here's all that. So. I hear what you're saying, and, and the fact is, NBC obviously paid for the rights to broadcast the Olympics. God, do you know how much they pay for that? Broadcast the Olympics. Watch, broadcast seen, it. You ever see that? You ever see how much uh, it's that obscene. cost them? It's obscene. Just I'll like any other major sporting events. So I remember, I remember when it was ABC, CBS, and NBC used to do the whole thing. Right. And then NBC's done it now for as far as I can They were remember. the first ones to ever come out with pay-per-view because right. of Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson being on the same team. Right. Um, those games were 50 bucks a game to watch, and those players made all that money. Um, so my whole, my whole thing is, is I think the Summer Olympics versus the Winter Olympics. I like watching the Winter Olympics a little because it's, it's not as much. It's not baseball. It's not. I don't even know if baseball is even a, a thing anymore. It, so I think it was. So the cost of hosting the Summer Olympics on NBC billions of dollars more than the winter because 
the Winter Olympics, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do it. You're gonna highlights of this, that, and the other. I have noticed that in the Winter Olympics, they have they try to you know spotlight the Americans. Great, cool. In the Summer Olympics, man, it's everybody because everybody knows everybody in the Summer Olympics. Right. Track and field is one of the biggest things. From I mean. If you look now, even in the collegiate level, at track and field, you have Americans, then you have foreigners, you have everybody from all around the world wanting to go to these La Fontaine uh, track meets in Oregon, or the Nike here, or the uh, Under Armour here. You don't have that in the Winter Olympics. So, I mean. But they do. We just don't see it. No, because we're in Texas. Right. I think. I mean, that, but is it and just I think that, that's a region. I think that's no. I think that's a regional thing. Um, I think the the Summer Olympics are probably more more popular in this area for everything you just explained. I think if you go to Colorado, the Winter Olympics are probably more uh, more watched than the Summer Olympics are uh, because that's you know those all the athletes train there all year long, like the Japanese. Uh, half pipe team, snowboard half half pipe. They They've train in been, Colorado. They train in Colorado. What they have snow there? That's but that's There's where the training right facility. That's where the training facilities are. No, what, I mean, are they buying our land now? Is this what we're doing? <laughs> Is this what we're doing, America? We're selling off our land to the Japanese so they can come over here and no, they, no. I think they 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 train at the same facilities all the American people do. Then I think that's why kind of the answer to what we've been talking about. Why it's so watered down is because these the people are too familiar with each other. Too they're too nice. They're they're all buddies. There's they no can't, competitive. Fire. No, there's no killer instinct anymore. That's right. The, it died because with Kobe if you Bryant. asked them, if you asked them all, they'd all say, "Oh yeah, we love to compete. We love to do the best we can." But it really is about me doing the best I can. It's not me putting my boot on the throat of my competitor and and making sure that I win. It's about performing it's about doing the best performance they can not beating the other team i think we've lost that it. and i think that starts in little league i think the participation the trophies teaching, is killed exactly everybody. right exactly right you know praise praise people for doing a good performance but the the killer instinct is gone i think it or it's definitely diminished tremendously has has america lost its cockiness for sure for sure because now everybody wants to be inclusive. Well, we're not as dominant as we used to be. Everybody thinks they can get a piece of us now. I think we are, but I just think I I think you're right when you talk about the killer instinct. Um, because going back to the and I always talk about the dream team because that was I think the even when I was a kid, even to this day, there's not a basketball team on earth that's going to beat that team. Maybe the 2000 dream team. Maybe. Um, I mean, they were they were pretty legit, man. <laughs> that team was that team was uh, they, that was they were bad. Um, but it's the I don't want to beat you. I want to make sure that you're not getting up off the ground. Right now, it's I want to beat you, but I want to make sure that your feelings aren't hurt. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hurt your feelings. It's crap. Yeah, that's bull crap. And I think America needs to. Wake up and figure it out. It's a dog-eat-dog dog world. Right. Speaking of dogs, I watched a thing called the Iditarod. Have you ever seen that? It's been a long time, but yeah. 
That is the wildest, craziest thing. Is that even an Olympic sport, or did no, PETA, I don't did think PETA so. invade that yeah. thing? And, <laughs> I mean, who the hell rides nine dogs? And they just pull this one cat. All right, this dude is just or woman. They all they all do it, and they brutally make these dogs sled all the way across Alaska. It's pretty nuts. Across the dire straits. I mean, you're talking hopping continents. I mean, damn, dude. And it, it's brutal on the people. It's brutal on the dogs. And you're talking about negative God knows how many degrees. Yeah. And they almost look like hot. It looks like they're pulling Han Solo across across <laughs> the thing. And the Empire Strikes Back, which is totally crazy. So they do this thing for days. Oh, it's weeks, isn't it? I mean, it, it's like a full month I, or something. I don't know. I, I only watched a little bit of it, and I was completely amazed. I was like, man, I didn't man, I haven't heard. Dogs. I haven't heard anybody talk about that, and it's I, been years. Well, I, even I was uh, I was so amazed, I called my dad, and I was, Dad, what's the Iditarod? Because he goes, oh, that's when nut jobs get on the bobsled, <laughs> and they have all the... I said, yeah, there's some really big dogs husking this dude, and he said, yeah, they do it for days. For a long, I think it's like 200 miles. So it starts March 25th. It starts March 25th? It starts March 25th. Yeah, I did right. This year, the 2022. Uh, let's see. What are the requirements to enter the Iditarod race? You're required to run two approved 300-mile or more qualifying races and one 150-mile or more approved qualifying race. Total of three races. If you run the Yukon Quest, you don't need any other qualifiers. So, in March, is it still cold up there? How March? long does it take to I'm do guessing. the Iditarod? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Let's see. The greatest challenge of the Iditarod is putting together a team of 12 to 16 dogs and a musher, that's the person, the human, capable of overcoming all the obstacles and unexpected problems that present themselves along the course. Uh, in its early years, the race was a 20-day event. Wow. But today, most teams finish in less than 10 days. Really? What, do they have these super mutts? <laughs> I mean, is this what we have now as super dogs? But I, I think they definitely have to be trained. Well, Horses? Okay, okay well, let's, let's, take that, let's take that conversation a different direction. They use mostly huskies during that race. So huskies are, are, are bred to handle that kind of weather. Okay. What in God's name are people in South Texas doing with Huskies? How do they live in 100 shave degrees? Them, I guess. Hell, I don't no, know. No, they don't. I mean, there's, you see they them, keep them. There's some all around here. They run around. They get loose and run around town. It's like, why do you have a Husky here? You talk about brutal and mean to the animal. It's hot. Yeah. It's brutal to humans. Yeah. Yeah. June and July is brutal to humans here. Yeah. So what what's up with why, that? Yeah, why in the hell would you bring a husky here? I probably I don't even like raising a dog. <laughs> so why the hell would I even bring a a husky's a, a husky. beautiful animal? Oh, though. they are for sure. They're gorgeous. Okay, so the the annual Iditarod dog race runs in March between Anchorage and Nome, Alaska. Wow. The race can attract more than 100 participants. Are you kidding? And their teams of dogs in both male and female mushers compete together so what's the prize winnings for this do they win any money um dog food alpo what let's see i mean they gotta have dogs food sponsors <laughs> right like the, the dogs get a trophy too really no i don't know because <laughs> the dogs will end up a trophy 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner or later. <laughs> but it'd be above your mantle. Um... I mean, let me do a little homework. I'll, I'll tell like you. you gotta, I'll find out what they win. Like, if I was gonna do something stupid like that, I mean, I don't even know if it's stupid. I think that would be probably be really cool to do something like that. And I mean, I would totally try. I wouldn't try dog no mushing thanks. my big ass. <laughs> I mean, I would need forty dogs, and <laughs> they would probably all die of exhaustion half a mile into the race. I'm six six, three hundred pounds. I mean, and don't they mush all the equipment and everything on that sled, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's well over two or three humans. Yeah. Yeah. I would say three or four, three or four hundred, five hundred pounds. Yeah. God. That is so crazy. And, man, look, they haul ass. Yep. Like, they go fast. It's almost like watching Santa Claus on the ground. Like, these dogs should deserve an Olympic medal all by themselves. (laughs) Um, I know they don't do it for free. They give a lot of awards, different trophies to different. Certainly not for looks. I would think anyway. I did a rod. So, yeah, I saw that and I, I had to bring that up because I, the endurance that you have to have to do it. I did a rod is, is wild. I mean, the human kind of just stands there, right? <laughs> I mean, he gets pulled around all day. Okay, winning I did winning the Iditarod comes with a majority stake of the $400,000 purse. Wow. Damn. In addition to the choice of either a ski-doo a ski-doo a, a snowmobile? Apparently so. Damn. This is uh You want to do it? 20 Heck no. Come on, man. 400 grand in a ski-doo. You know how cold it is? That's fine. There's not enough pelts to keep it to stay We're, warm. Me and you are self-insulated, Matthew. We can do I, this. I don't have that much in, I don't have that much insulation. We can do this. Just bring about a bunch of beer. <laughs> Be all right. Four hundred yeah, grand. So, so But I it's guess, not just four, it's a portion of oh, four hundred grand. Uh, Figure one of those oil companies. I mean, they're ruined in Alaska. How much, more than that. how much does the dog food cost to, to keep those dogs? See, that's what I'm saying. So Do all that get, money's going into dog so food. So does Alpo nothing? Does Alpo or somebody like that? <laughs> you know, bacon bits. What's that? Bacon. <laughs> I mean, give them special treats on the way. I mean, damn, <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah, insane. That, that's one I'm have no interest in. So yeah. So. Back to the Olympics things. I saw President Putin up, up there the other night. And I thought to myself, he's sitting all by himself. Yep. I'm like, okay, first of all, you've got to be likable because no one wants to be around you. Or you're the scariest man on the earth because you want to invade other countries and want to kill people. So I came up to my own conclusion. He's a cranky bastard. I don't like him. I mean, not very many people do. Right. But over the last few days, I've been keeping a close eye on this invasion of the Ukraine. And ever since, and I'm going to give President Biden a little bit of credit on this. He said, listen, come on. Here's the line in the sand. Cross it. I think Biden's crazy enough to shoot first. And I'm hoping 
that Putin, and we'll call him Puta or however y'all <laughs> want to say it, we're hoping that he doesn't do it because he hasn't. He's backed off. He's backed off. Now, how much is that? If you were President Puta, would you test President Biden because you know he's nuts? Or would you not test President Biden because you know he's nuts? <laughs> well, I think he's already tested him. I think he's very well aware of where Biden, what Biden is capable and not capable of. Um, I think he's got complete control over what we do and don't do. He can he can pull his own strings. I think I think the U.S. is in a precarious situation right now where we're being reactionary. You know, we're going to react to whatever happens over there instead of um, shutting it down ahead of time, like our former president would have done. I don't think we've even gotten to this. I I agree, I agree. But if you're if you're Russia, like, what's your stance now? You've already got to the line of the Ukraine. You've done all this, all this action. You're flexing. You're flexing. So what are you flexing if you back up? I don't know. We have to wait and see. I don't, I don't obviously don't follow it day to day, so I don't know what the play, what the well, play Alexa, is. Alexa tells me this every morning. When right I, on. She wakes me up with the news. Yeah. And every, every, every day, it's something on the Ukraine, so I roll over and I watch the news on my Alexa. I'm kind of I'm kind of digging our president right now on this. I don't like the son of a bitch, uh, but I I think I think he's okay right now. Yeah, I I, I don't think he's scared. Um, I, I thought well, he I thought he was scared. He'd have to know where he was to be scared. That's well, I mean, <laughs> but when you get into a situation like this, I did not think. This many people in the this many countries in the world was going to pull together with us and say, "Hey, look, we got you." And maybe that's it. It's really Take not. It's not what we're doing. It's what the rest of the world is doing. Yeah, but are, we're, we're we're leading this. Are we? I don't know. I would like to think so. I want to give our president the benefit of the doubt. Well, to your point earlier, I think we'd be best served uh, if we're not going to be actively involved which we shouldn't be, I agree with that, that we need to just sit back and watch. I watch and wait and start, al- and start aligning, now, those, aligning those people, and maybe that's what's happening. Let's not, let's not ever let anything go as far as Hitler got because this nut job Putin over here, who is freaking insane, uh, really needs to be taken out. If you really want peace in the world, you're going to need to shoot him. You're just going to need to get rid of him because... Other than that, he's trying to bring back the USSR. That's why he wants to invade the Ukraine. So he can absorb these countries one by one by one of the same countries that when Gorbachev was in office, broke it up. Why can't you just stay sane, bro? (laughs) Don't hate. Quit hating. Quit hating. Don't be hating. Don't be hating. I mean, why are you? What did Ukraine do to you? Nothing. What kind of value do they have to you? Nothing because they don't even value themselves. True. I mean, they blow up each other anyway, right? Because that's all you hear about is bombs blowing up. and I mean, not anymore, um, but that was Yugoslavia. Am I right? Yugoslavia a long time ago used to have wars like every other oh, day yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then they had all the 
people leave, the refugees and all that, whatever. Well, they finally got their heads out of their collective behinds. And, you know, the world's been peace, pretty much peaceful over there. Why you want to ruin it, Russia? I mean, why? This ain't Rocky Four. Y'all lost. Y'all well, lost in Rocky yeah, Four too. You have to ask yourself, why is he doing it now? Why didn't he do it With, oh, no, Trump's two gone. years ago? Yeah. Because he knew Trump was going to shoot him. <laughs> I, Trump, Trump, listen, as much as I love President Trump, I would never get in a war with that cat. Ever. Oh, talk about loose cannon. Un, unpredictable. Oh. I mean, he prides himself in not being predictable. I mean, but isn't that good, though? Oh, for sure. When you're the most powerful human being on the face of the planet. Yeah, surprise, you don't want to be predictable your... because people, there's people out there that want to kill you. For sure, it's a. I mean, you are the president of the United States of America, right? There's people out there, countries like Putin and Kim Jong Un or whatever his name is. <laughs> I, that, Xi, Xi Jinping. Yeah, that Ping Tang Tong. No. Yes. Xi Jinping. Him too. <laughs> um, I mean, they they hate the president of the United States of America. They don't even know the dude because he's a leader of the free world. Well, because he makes no effort to get to know them. He he doesn't make himself available to get to know. Well, I mean, Putin was in Time Magazine. Evidently, okay. Putin wants to be known. Yeah, really. But there's still when because it comes when it comes in... when it comes to, to to international diplomacy, it's important for all these people to get FaceTime with each other. And when the leader of America, you know, stays home and won't go meet these people face to face, I think that's Uncle that's, Joe or Trump, because Trump was all in the middle of it. I want to know. He was all about being there. He's <laughs> he was a, all he's about... a businessman. You know, you do business face to face. It's a handshake. And you it's know not, why they, you, you know, don't do it over Zoom? You know why they hated Trump? Because Trump walked into the room and kicked their ass before he even spoke. For sure, because they knew he was a businessman and he's a master negotiator. Think he wins in twenty four? I hope he doesn't run. Really? I hope he doesn't run. We got to pass the torch. For every th- for every reason we talk about Biden with age and senility and all On that. The, it's it's the same, right? It's the same thing. Trump is old, older, right? So, I mean, he's a couple of years older than Biden. I'm actually pulling for Florida. DeSantis. DeSantis and I was going to call him the manis because I, <laughs> I, I, I just... I just like making political nicknames. I, man, I, DeSantis and, and maybe Rubio. I, I don't know who runs. Does or does or does Trump run and DeSantis is his, is his vice president? I don't know because Mike Pence has totally went off the D. He's a he's a. You cannot listen when you got run a government, and I'm a Jesus stumper, and I love the Lord just like everybody else. You can't have it in government. I don't. I don't even, disagree with that. Even I, even though it says in God we trust. Okay, great. You don't have to take God out of schools or out of the courthouse. But our First Amendment says that we have the freedom to do what we want and as we choose. The government should not tell us what religion we need to go go in. That's true. That's you know true. what I'm saying. You know That's what I'm saying. True. So, I, Mike Pence is off the his rocker. He's gone. He's. Re- He's crazy. He's making a comeback. In fact, he's come out. Why? Because he came out and said that Trump was nuts. Well, he commented on everything that everybody, the last 
at the last act that he made in office as vice president is what he's being most criticized about. So he had to come out and make a statement about well, it and kind of define. He's a liar. He, he's been he's a professional liar and he's done it his whole life even when he was in Indiana. I don't like Mike Pence and I didn't like Mike Pence when he was in office. Well, I don't I don't I, to be honest, I can't say whether I like him or not. I don't know enough about him or he's his weird. politics. Because he goes he goes listen. anybody that runs for political office. Anyone. And there's a religion, anyone. I, I don't never, care how good or crooked they are. Anybody that runs for political office, whether it's city, state, federal, any office that puts themselves in that position is got to be a little weird. You've got to be a little, you got to have a few screws loose to put yourself under that kind of scrutiny. I mean, that's decent why. people don't run for political office. They don't because decent people don't want to have themselves or their families because they're too nice raked through the coals on everything they've ever done in their entire life. Well, because no one, no one, can survive that level of scrutiny when the truth can be twisted and manipulated like any it way is. you want it to be. I mean, that's just like, I mean. So back to my point, why would any decent person, any not weird person ever run for office? Were the Bushes weird? D- yes. They all Daddy had, Bu- they all Daddy had skeletons in their closet. Yeah, but back then when Daddy Bush ran... They didn't have the media that they have nowadays. No. So now so that, I see so, there's another Bush running for governor or whatever. Yep. Of Texas. So it was easier for them to to manip- so, It was easier for them to uh, navigate through that scrutiny. But now with social media and the way that you can't that do that, you anymore. can't do it at all. And you can't can create I mean, a lie. You could be the most most pristine non violating non-offensive person in the world and someone somewhere will take some comment that you made and twist it into the most evil vile you're either you're either racist or you're or you hate gay people i mean that's the most common one racist misogynist whatever 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 ist I mean, look at Joe Rogan, what Joe Rogan's been dealing with the last couple of weeks. First, it was COVID oh. and what and all he did was have a conversation with a guy. Good for about Joe it. Rogan. But then they they put that that video together of him repeating the N word repeat over and over and over again. And he even said, when I look at it, that video, it is vile. And it is. It makes your screen the skin crawl a little bit. It does. But when you They twisted you, it to that. if you for sure if you watch any of those comments in context, which I haven't watched all of them, but I, I know I could, you can go back and tell which one, which part, portions of that video were done when he was still doing his podcast in his garage. So, I mean, we're talking 12 years of conversations and he talks four hours, three to four hours at a time, like three days a right. week. Sure. So these things come up in conversation. A lot of it, a lot of the clips that that came from, they were talking about Richard Pryor. And the the names oh, of the names of his it. album. Sure. I mean, he used the N word in the names of his comedy albums. So, so yeah, he Fox. said the word. So he said the word. But he read it. But did he, he say, say it? it? He read it. He and didn't use they were it in talking. Any and a lot of times they were talking about how how the word has been used Good in for history. Joe Rogan, yeah. So it's it's a again why why would anyone put themselves in that position where they can be scrutinized that way? I don't know. I mean, we're doing it. 
Kind of, sort of. I mean, 12 years from now, they can splice these conversations together and make us sound like awful human beings. I mean, they probably can. But the the, the, the thing you have to do is be do comfortable enough, comfortable enough, <laughs> be comfortable enough with yourself and your own positions. And you have to, you have to stand fast. And I think Joe Rogan, you know, people have criticized him for apologizing the way that he's apologized or whatever. But I think at the root of his conviction and the root of his, his comments, he's not backing down. He's explaining where those things come from. He's admitting that it sounds bad, but it was, it came from a good place. And the fact that he said that he doesn't use the word anymore, it's, he probably hasn't said it in six years. So all the, all those things in that video were from multiple years ago, uh, long before the, the, the debate about whether or not so certain in, people in, can use the word. So in society and politics, there's no such thing as there's no timeline. There's no time. There's no timeline. There's no, yeah, there's no forgiveness for time. Is if you said it 20 years ago, it's just so as good as get- you said it yesterday. I mean, I get it. I, I mean, and in, especially in politics, it's going to come up. Right. Um, I just, I just, I don't know. I still think Bill Clinton's a cool guy. No matter what he did. A lot of people do. I mean, Bill uh, Clinton it's, was it's, one of the best presidents of the United for States sure. of America. And, but, okay, take, take, that, dude take that example. Cringy. Take that example, for sure. <laughs> take that as, a, as an example. Look at the people that would speak out against... I don't know, pick, pick someone that's been in the news in the last couple of years for sexual or any... Uh, uh, I mean, how many people has Hillary Clinton had to kill for Bill Clinton <laughs> so the truth wouldn't come out? Well, Epstein? One. At least one. <laughs> At least. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Epstein really killed himself, though. Remember? Uh, that's what they keep saying. That, that's what I heard. Hashtag Hillary suicide. He just did the Hillary. That's all he did. Yeah. So when we're talking about politics, right? And we really don't like to get on politics. USA versus Russia, man. No matter how you look at a president, at least this president, and you think, is he really American? We're finding out (laughs) because he's... Are we, lo- are, we lo- are we looking for something to bring back that, that nationalism? I mean, think back in the past 10 to 15 years, the things that have brought the most, that brought the country together and behind the American flag with 9-11. Um, I think 9-11 was it. For sure. But there, there have been other, whether it be natural, natural disasters or things that bring people together. And, and but Wait a minute. Let's take the, leave national disasters off the board. Because Texas gets, and Louisiana, get a lot of these natural disasters. Florida, mm-hmm. Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We take care of each other. For sure. We're not calling New York. Oh, my God, we got a cat. One, somebody come help us. No, we're not doing that. We hunker down. We get to Central Texas. We go party in Austin. We get off of our collective axes. We come back home, says the damage, start helping our neighbors rip out the walls. But but my point is it brings people together. Yes, and, I mean, it and does. And maybe this U.S. versus Russia, the Biden versus Putin, whatever, however you want to frame it, is, is the next thing that it's just something to get people fired up. Well, I haven't had one thing to jump on the president's bandwagon for 
I'm kind of I'm kind of on board with him. So he's standing. He's so to that point, you're admitting that you're 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 allowing yourself to be manipulated by the headlines on whether or not you think he's an effective president. When in no, in all essence, no. he's done nothing. No, I'm not. I'm allowing myself in one instance. Okay, <laughs> in one instance, in one small song of the album, to listen and watch it. Okay, he's got, he's doing something here. Okay. Other but, than but that, he's take, useless. Take, take the big picture okay. and think about how these these headlines, because it's really all they are. Sure. How these headlines are used as propaganda, whether it be the headlines in America and how they're swaying the American public opinion one way or the other, uh, whether it's about uh, the January 6th, deal at the uh, Capitol whatever. and how those head, how those headlines were used to manipulate the political opinion. Well, now opinion. they're backtracking on them. Uh, but that's my point. COVID, the way the headlines of COVID have been used as propaganda well, now, to now, sway the American well, public's the, opinion. the people even in Canada, did you see, speaking of COVID, the they're like, suckers. hey, listen, this, we're done. Yep. We're done. COVID is over. Let us live our lives. Right. But, but... <laughs> All of, all of that to say that these headlines, as these stories come out, we all get fired up about them. We all have opinions one way or the other, but they are, they are released. Story. They are released in a manner to sway public opinion. It's all timed out. Use COVID as an example. The rumor is that President Biden was going to come out in a state of state of the union address in March and declare that COVID is over. Well, people are beating him to the punch. These governors are coming out and signing these things, you know, the mask mandates and Even all that. Even in New York, everywhere. Did you see New York so all on of him? the exactly my point. They're 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 stealing his thunder. That's right. So it's all political. And, and just take politi- pol- politics, isn't it? It's emotional manipulation. Sure. It's they, they, all these stories are used to manipulate the the temperature of the country. I'm kind of not, but I get it. All the other stuff aside, right? It's the showdown with Putin. Right. It, it kind of gets my blood pumping. Man. I gotcha. I don't want anybody to die because the men that these two guys control will end up killing each other if they say kill each other. I think that Putin w- tested. And I think so far right now, our president is doing a pretty damn good job. Now, is he's not he, he's got everyone ready. Mm-hmm. He's not going to stand face to face. Not yet. Hasn't gotten to that point. He has gotten he's rallied the rest of the world against Russia, which would could totally economically crush them if he would do one thing. Stop buying oil from them. Mm-hmm. Let us go get our own oil. Let's, How about let us go back to getting our own oil? That's right. <laughs> let us go back to getting our own oil. You want to cripple, cripple Russia? Drill, baby, drill. Yep. And then you finish the job. Where's New Gingrich oh, when you need him? Boy, you ain't lying. Um, but I mean, really, it's pretty simple. Will he do that? I don't know. I kind of think. Um, I kind of think. Eventually. It's going to change because every politician adapts which way the needle swings, right? True. Eventually, they're going to go back, and he's going to say, oh, 
look at me, I caused the gas prices to fall again. But it happens every time, right? Under President Bush was the worst gas prices I think I've ever seen. Right. How much money did they make? Trillions of dollars. Right. I don't think politics really has much to do with the oil and gas industry. Other than the the government controls the the local reserves and whether they control our ability to farm our own resources. Sure. So even when we were allowed to go drill under Bush and we went and got all this, gas prices were still high. I got you. Because they wanted, they it was just flat out greed at that point. Right. Me working in oil and gas, I understand it. If you're going to go searching for it, you got to have the resources to go do that. Right. Raise the gas prices, go get it. Then you fill your reserves again, and it goes down. It's pretty simple math. Going back to the Russia thing, if you do that to Russia and you stop buying oil from them, you kill them. You cripple them to a point where they probably don't, because the, what's the ruble worth? Right. Well, Nothing. It's like, how many products, you go to the grocery store, how many products say made in Russia? None. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. It's communism. Yeah. That's how it works. So, I, I'm still on board. I'm still on board. I, I kind of like what Biden's doing. Well, He's standing up to the bullies. We'll see. They're playing chess. I mean, you know, they're moving their pieces well, they're, around. They're and, playing checkers right now. But uh, we're going we're gonna to find out here soon. I figured if Putin was going to make a movie, done it already. Yeah. So. Or not. Or did did Putin not count on the rest of the world jumping on with Biden? Well, he also knows that you've got the, the midterm elections coming up in the end of this year. And that most likely when that happens, our government's going to come to a standstill. Here's There will be nothing done for two years. Here Here's my biggest fear in that. So everybody hated Trump, so everybody voted Democrat. So we're in this predicament now. I don't want to go to the other extreme. Right. I don't want all Republicans in we one place. We need to come back to the middle. But we need to come back to the middle. You're absolutely who are those, correct. Who are those people? Who who are those candidates? I don't see a leader. I don't see a you know what? Let me tell you something. You know how to cure America? Get rid of Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the guy talks like this. <laughs> Mitch McConnell. Get rid of the other quack in New York. You get rid of all the longtime politicians. Get rid of them. Start over. Mm-hmm. Then you get rid of the governor of California. They tried that already. I mean, and then they. I don't. I don't know how on God's green earth he won that, but he did. Tells you everything you need to know about California. But they're, the, and, and, the people, but they're all, all coming the, here, dude. But they're all coming here. The ones that have the means and the sensibilities. But um, are they coming here to turn us into California? Well, that's a fine question, and we're going to find that out sooner than later, unfortunately. Uh, this year, if I'm not correct. Yeah, Is it this it year or next year? a little year? longer. Um, well, the governor. Because they've already started on Houston. Yeah, yeah. Well, Houston, the, Houston is, was already gone. I mean, now they got Austin. What are they going to do now? They go had get, Austin. Go before. get Dallas. I mean, they have all the big cities. They Dallas was primarily blue. Uh, it's all the surrounding areas that aren't. Uh, it's all of West Texas that aren't. So you get outside of Austin. There's some big pop, populated areas. There's some places here around the Houston area, outside of Houston, 
that are predominantly red now that could 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 potentially turn blue because I mean our backyard you got all these new homes those people are coming from somewhere and they're not moving from within Texas most of them are coming from other places well it, oh, man I don't know it's got now what's going to happen here if for some reason we start losing to blue seeds the middle of America dies hmm? and then we're just all Chucking dildos like Bills fans, right? <laughs> so at that at that point, I mean, it's just it's just frustrating. It is. Why move from California to Texas? Well, because you could say if you own a home in California and you sold it for you know a million dollars, you could buy three times the home here for a quarter of that price. That's true. Okay, so you get to save a bunch of your money. Yeah. Moving here. And that's also the problem with them coming here. Of Take politics out of it. They are changing our economy. I don't know if you've checked housing prices lately. They're going through the roof. Well, they're, they're going to about to come back down with the increase of rates. I'll interest rates are supposed, see it. Interest rates are supposed to take four. I think, nation, I think nationally, yes. But I think locally... We're not going to see that because of the way that the people that are coming to Texas from other places with money in their pocket are overspending to on buy our here homes. because it's still less than what they pay for in sure. So it's driving all of our home prices up. So if you were, if you say your son decided he wanted to buy a home, yeah, but you're kind of happy from that, right? That doesn't. No, make it... I'm not looking to sell my house anytime soon. But this, the, you still own. The value of your house goes up even though you're going to live in it. For sure. But if you have family that lives here. Right. Your kids. Okay. My my wife's son. If he right. decided he wanted to buy a house. Sure. It's much more difficult now on current wages to buy those houses. I mean, you're just you're turning it into California is what you're doing. Exactly. It's not just, Unless you move it's out not the middle just politics. Hall, Texas. It's I mean, not just politics that are changing. There's a lot of things that are changing. God ain't uh, making no more dirt. That's right. That's right. Unless a volcano erupts somewhere in the... <laughs> then he's just moving it from one place to another. Sure. <laughs> but, I mean, you're still making more dirt with volcanoes. But, I get what you're saying. Texas just needs to... We, as Texans, just need to make sure at the voting lines... Hey, listen, where are you from? Okay. Well, we need to embrace them as Texans. This and is, remind no, them that they are Texans because Texans... Now. Live a certain way. Well, they need to be te- if they're going to live here. I'm they saying. need to be Texans. We need to find out where they're from, <laughs> and we, we need to just say, "Hey, um, just thought you should know this is how things are done here." Right. If not, you can go back over there. Right. I mean, can we? Just, or is that? Or is that bullying? And we won't ever be allowed to vote again. And yada da da da. Things of that nature. Yeah, I don't don't know what the solution is there. I think uh, the next few years, election-wise, are going to be interesting to tell the tale of of the effects of everything that's going on right now. Explain to me this, since we're on the tale of politics. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
favorite season of the year is March. The city of New Orleans, one billion with a B mm-hmm. dollars annually from tourists. Mm-hmm. That's not even counting Church Point, Lafayette, or the, the other areas, yeah, other yeah. Mardi Gras that go on, Mamou, all the other ones. If you had a billion dollars and you are in the current state of COVID, aren't you changing a little bit? Aren't you making sure that you're going to make your dollars? Well, they did. They did at the end of the year because they waited to enforce their mask mandates until after New Year's, after the Sugar Bowl was over. Well, sure. But now you're going to do it in the middle of your biggest season. I get people from all around the world come. I get it. It's a super spreader. That's how it got spread in the first place. But we're now at the level of COVID where if New York City is now taking off their mask mandates and they have 5 million people every day. Stacked on top of each other. On top of each other. Right. Almost like China. Right. If you're New Orleans... You don't even have a million people that live in your city. You have more hotel rooms than you do houses. <laughs> Almost. And before your city goes entirely dead, flipped up, broke, aren't you going to at least change something politically to allow your citizens to make other people's hard-earned money? Mm. Wouldn't you do that? Because I'm going to tell you right well, now, the bar owners in New Orleans, they don't pay attention to any of that. The police in New Orleans already said, hey, listen, we're already at a um, spot in New Orleans. We're done going after, look, they got so COVID heavy in implementing tickets. The other crazy criminals in New Orleans went crazy. So now you have to go catch the real criminals. It is not a crime to walk around a city without a vaccination card. It should never be a crime right. to walk around a city without a vaccination card. Now, if you were had flesh falling off of you, what uh, brains, <laughs> things of that nature, okay, something's wrong with this dude and we need to figure it out. But come on, man. Before my city of New Orleans goes completely dead broke, somebody help them. Well, especially when... They obviously rely on that income, and that's a big chunk. They've already missed it for two years. Two years. Yeah. I mean, look at McGalveston. Yep. We're ready. Yep. You don't think we're jumping at the bits? Yep. We went to that Mardi Gras ball, man, and had a blast. Yep. We're ready. Galveston has done their due diligence. They are now full-fledged, ready to go. City of New Orleans, wake up. Take after Galveston. Right. Just well, they've take got every every one of their crews. They they put an article in the I think it was the Times. I mean, even Tillman and them are in it this year again. Yeah, everything is back. Right, right. Come on, New Orleans. But they were talking about every every one of the crews that has floats or parades or whatever. How they have to have their shot records and negative tests and all this and that. And you like, think for one second somebody's going to go on that float, and the minute somebody doesn't have a shot record, they're going to tell them to go wipe it their butts with it. Yeah. I'm just telling you what the rules are. Okay, bye. They're all talking about how they're going to no, they're they're abide by them. Well, we'll sure see. they we'll will. We'll of see. course they will. You know what City of Galveston is going to do? Oh, my God, let them go. Because look at all the money we're going to bring in. That's it. Money talks still. For sure. 
Billions. We are talking, and we're not talking billions in Galveston, of course. Mil- millions. Tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the, the cruise industry. The, the cruises are slowly coming back. Uh, there's, there's Now, cruise, I could maybe see they're international. They, they make their own stuff. But they're not. They're not. Galveston relies on that cruise industry. Have you noticed how many hotels have popped up in Galveston? Tons. That there's, is all for the cruise industry. It's over 12,000 rooms now. It's all for the cruise industry. It's all for the cruise because industry. Because they stay and they, they, they come all in the, stay. They come in the day before. Right they, they stay the day after their, their cruise. And they all stay in those hotels. And they're all small boutique hotels. Sure. Uh, and they've been built, most of them, since COVID started. Well, and most it, of the new ones. Because people actually took the money that they had. And invested it. Invested knowing that it eventually we get back places. to normal. That's right. Right. And when you get back to normal, people... Now, the one thing I do say have against Galveston, because when I threw my festival on the island... Um, all the hotel people were like, look, we're told what we have to charge. $300, $400 oh, a night for insane. a room is yep. insanity. It's crazy. Especially uh, now because there are so many rooms. It's like, you mean to tell me that every weekend those rooms are full? No. You need to have a sliding scale. When you're empty, now, you need to be able on. to adjust your prices. Here's the flip side to that. When nobody could go anywhere else in America and Florida and Texas were still open... Galveston got it, buddy. For sure. And I mean, they made money. Hand- and the good thing about the hotels and the people in the industry that New Orleans is, it, they're not even allowed to do this. Right. They're not even allowed to build new buildings. They're not allowed to build new hotels. They're not allowed to take the money that they once earned and put it into future potential stuff. Because there's and, no place to do it. In New Orleans, there's a ton of places. There's in the, a Within ton the of city of New Orleans. Yes. Okay. Upgrade what you have. Okay, but these these hotels are going on empty patches of land. Oh, they are. I, I get it. Uh, in some of the places on the seawall are old buildings that were destroyed. Pirates in. Right. I mean, well, going out on the the west end. Oh, it, that's way crazy. But uh, look at seen, how many hotels are over there now. I mean, there are tons. Right yeah. as soon as you get past Campeche Cove. Right. Right down the west end, and for those in Galveston, it's past 103rd Street going west toward San Luis Pass. Um, I mean, there's restaurants and things popping up. Sure. You no longer have to go to the East End. That's right. To accommodate yourself to Galveston Island. That's right. And it used to. Does it take away from the Strand? I don't think anything takes away from the Strand. That'll, that'll be no, the main attraction. Uh, again, because of the cruise industry, they still get all the traffic. It Being the city of New Orleans, being as old as it is, if they would come over here and just look. They're too stubborn. You can still have your COVID whatever and still maintain a good business and good business relationship with the people who want to come and visit your city. Right. Now, the police department doesn't, they don't, they don't, COVID card, what's that? <laughs> so now you had, now you're in a battle again. Right. right. Hopefully New Orleans gets it because they only have. Eight days before the party. I mean, is it eight days? Nine days before the real party starts? Yeah, the 18th. Well, I... Because Fat Tuesday is March 1st. Right. Um, I know Galveston, the, the first parade runs the 18th. That's right. That's next, next Friday. Friday. Next Friday. And, I mean, New Orleans has been going on since Epiphany, so their parades go on all the time. Um... 
it's just weird. It's just crazy to me how politics plays such a big role because the state of Louisiana takes in so much federal money, they follow what Washington tells them to do. Mm-hmm. Texas, we th- we think freely. To a point. To a big point. To a big point. Um, we're grown-ups here. We know how to manage things. We understand what little Johnny has a sniffle keeping him side. Um, but it... It's just wild to me. You're talking about billions of dollars. Right. But another thing that this whole COVID thing has created, if New Orleans opens the floodgates, because New Orleans and that part of the Louisiana and Mississippi are known for what? Service industry. Sure. What do you have to serve? Who's going to serve? Who do you have to serve? And, yeah. that, and that's my point. Right. Who wants to work now to do right. it? Right. I would go over yeah, there because I know I'm about to make a killing. That's right. But that's that's what makes it even more baffling is that not only are you crippling the city financially, you're crippling the people of the city. That's right. Uh, because you've taken you've literally taken their livelihood away. That's right. So I just hope I, I will probably go visit sometime during the big part of Mardi Gras. Um you know, it's it, it, that's that's my city, man, and, and I, I I go back all the time, um, and from when I was a kid all the way to now, being 44 years old, New Orleans is still New Orleans, right? Just come on, people, don't ruin it for me. Yeah, don't ruin it for us. Yeah, let it let let things get back to normal. I think uh, to the point earlier, they've they've kind of set that that deadline. You know, there's other countries that have already kind of said we're done with COVID. Everything's back to normal. They've done away with the mask mandates and, then, and all so, of that. So when China decides to go, hey, we got another wave coming. Why don't we figure out why you have another wave coming? Right. Well, and assume that, that we know how to handle it. Because this one, I mean, obviously, I guess, I suppose there could be one that would actually live up to the hype that this one had, but you know, that's kind of scary, but naturally I emphasize naturally. I don't think we're going to see it. It would be because uh, instead of nuclear bombs, somebody's doing, doing something else. Sure. I mean, at what point do we hold China accountable for this? Well, I think, I think that ship has probably already sailed. We should have, uh, and our our politicians have decided not to, uh, and that happened with the election. I think our our previous president had every intent intention of holding China accountable, sure. uh, yeah. and that all that all went away with a with a vote. Can we call him President Trump, or are we just going to call him the former president? For just can we just say four or five, <laughs> four or is five. it is this four or five? No, what number version are we on? He was 45. This is 46. Well, 46. Pretty sure, yeah. 4 or 5 is a good number. Are we sure? I'm going to find out. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm I think we're on 4. I think we're on 45. 46. I think. We're on 46, I think. That's crazy. The United States has been alive for how many years? 300? Are we close to 300? 240, 250, something like that. 
250-ish, yeah. And yet all these other... Biden is 46. Okay, so 46. We're good there. So the United States has been around for roughly about 250 years, right? Yep. So how the hell did we become the most powerful nation on the planet <laughs> in that such short a time? And you're talking about China, Japan. I mean, they've tried to beat us, but we're like World War champion twice. Well, America has benefited from location, obviously. Why? Uh, What makes our location better than anybody else's? Well, up until recently, getting here was a bit of a challenge. But I think now, aside from traditional warfare tactics, there are other ways to to harm our country, whether it be digitally, whether it be... So we put uh, a bigger target on our back. Uh, no, I think the, the rules of engagement have changed. I think they're... Have they? Well, for sure. I mean, you were you were here during the freeze last year and how sure. easily our Jesus. world crippled when the power grid went down. So you tell so me how hard some government came and played how, with no, our weather? I'm saying that they could. I'm saying it wouldn't really? be difficult. Do you believe in that? For sure. You believe that you can manipulate the weather? Not manipulate the weather. I'm saying hack into our... Okay, I get that. I get that. Digital warfare. I get digital that. warfare. Okay. I there you know there are those that think that COVID was a test for biological warfare. There's also people out there who think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl again. Well, you know, I was one of them. <laughs> I don't even like them. Well, well, I had what did, in I, the what Super did Bowl. I see today? What did I see today? This is the the second year in a row where the home team has had an advantage of the Super Bowl, so they've decided to move. The Super Cowboy Bowl Stadium. to Arlington Stadium <laughs> permanently to, to eliminate the possibility. <laughs> <coughs> That's pretty funny. So, you know, talking about football in the city of New Orleans, we can clam those together. We're going to talk about something now, changing topics. And we're going to jump into this because I told you we would. <clears throat> What's the New Orleans Saints? I thought. And a source of mine thought, and the source is rarely wrong, the New Orleans Saints were going to go in and interview Eric Bieniemy. In this case, and throughout this whole deal here, the New Orleans Saints went ahead and hired Dennis Allen. Right move? Yes. Is it going to hurt New Orleans because they didn't hire an African-American coach? I hope not. In this situation, you had someone leave in 16 years who had 16 years. Let him say, hey, this guy's got it. Okay? But the Rooney rule, and and, and I hope Dennis Allen, I hope one day you listen, man. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. Listen to us on Twitter, Spotify. <laughs> You know, hey, we're we're even on we're on Apple now, right? Yep. So we're on iTunes. Two dudes in a bunker, and Dennis Allen is going to win a lot of football games in New Orleans. Okay. The New Orleans Saints are now a franchise that has set themselves up on a foundation where they can now win football games. Roger Goodell in the NFL. Although they cannot force someone to hire 
an African-American coach. Byron Leftwich, Eric Bieniemy, Flores, and Leslie Frazier should all be head coaches in the National Football League. They have a better track record than any of the retreads that have been hired. A lot of people saying Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. I don't like Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson got lucky off of Nick Foles getting hot. <laughs> I think Eric Bieniemy has done his due diligence. I think Eric Bieniemy will stay in Kansas City. And the only reason why he wanted to go, and he's from New Orleans. And he went and interviewed for the Saints job. The Saints job does not have a quarterback. They have a damn good defense. Dennis Allen being the defensive mind on that. They still have all Sean Payton's staff on the offense, so you know the offense is going to be pretty good. Eric Bieniemy, hopefully, will, and Andy Reid, hopefully, and the NFL, hopefully, will allow Andy Reid to name Eric Bieniemy his successor when he becomes coach without interviewing anybody else. If you're going to have the Rooney rule in place, and you already have a minority coach on your staff, you should be able to plug him in immediately if he has the credentials. I just named four coaches that should be head coaches in the National Football League. I can name, I, hell, the New York Giants finally, they named a decent guy. I think his last name is Driscoll if I'm not mistaken, and if I'm sorry if I get the name wrong, if I even got the hire wrong. The Rooney Rule in the NFL is a joke. It's a joke to me, and it should be a joke to every black coach in the, in the National Football League. Who in the hell is going to hire the people that these... Who in the hell... And thank God the Houston Texans upgraded Lovey Smith. Now, Lovey Smith is going to take a beating... Because they're not going to give him a team to coach. The Houston Texans have no idea what they're doing. But who in the hell has Josh McCown as your front runner, as a head coach, and the dude's never coached a lick in his life above high school? But whoever said he was a front runner? They did. Who did? Nick Casillas, or whatever his last name is. The silly, I think stupid the local, guy. I think the local media said it, but I don't know that he ever. I don't know that the Texans ever. And Ellerby, whoever the hell he is. I don't know where he came from, but that dude's a joke, and they should never be allowed to run a front office in the NFL. You're talking about the National Football League. Probably the most profitable organization in the United States other than energy outside of your, your mainstays, right? Why on earth does Roger Goodell still allow these practices to happen in the NFL? I have no idea. The guy who once previously, and why can't the New York Jets ever get it right? Todd Bowles, for instance, went to the New York Jets. They had an idiot general manager. Todd Bowles was set up, in my opinion, going to the New York Jets, and I think he knew it. I think a lot of these coaches get set up to build a foundation to get me to one or two years. And then one of these big name coaches come up who aren't African-American and they're, and they're there as a stepping stone to go back to being coordinators. 
The only team that ever got this right is the team of which this rule is named after, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know why every head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers has won a Super Bowl? Because they don't fire them. They let them do their job. They understand injuries happen, one. They understand that every year is different. It's never the same. I don't care if you have the same quarterback or not. Drew Brees only made the playoffs 9 out of 17 years. You're never going, to, even though you had the greatness, nothing's ever going to stay the same. You know how you know Bill Cowher's record as a Pittsburgh Steelers head coach is barely over 500. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers get it. They understand. So Mike Tomlin's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach for a very long time because the Rooney's get it. I think Gail Benson gets it. They let Eric Bieniemy go back to Kansas City because Eric Bieniemy wanted to go back to Kansas City. Eric Bieniemy also knows that I have Pat Mahomes there in Kansas City. Hopefully the NFL's rules will allow Andy Reid when he's ready to go, maybe one more year, maybe who knows. There's a lot of chatter that Andy Reid leaves right after this year. Um after the Super Bowl and it may not be very long after the Super Bowl because his kids are never going to be able to coach in the NFL again. And that's what he enjoyed the most, was coaching with his kid. His kid wanted to go get drunk, hit somebody, and kill them. Okay, well, you're never going to coach in the NFL again. So if that's what Andy Reid wants to go do, by all means do it. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's gotten to the Super Bowl with two teams, won one with Kansas City. As far as social division... Um, I think Brian Flores got it right. And I'm a Brian Flores fan. Mm -hmm. I understand why the Rooney rule was put in. And I also understand that you try to do something in implementing the rule that you have to, before you make a coaching hire, interview two minority candidates. In your opinion, how much of that is a slap in the face when you already know who you're going to hire as a head coach? I don't know that it's a slap in the face as much as it is an insult to the candidates. It is an insult to the candidates. Right. It's not a slap in the face to the organization. I think it's it, it hamstrings the I'm talking about the to the candidates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a slap. You're backhanded For the sure. candidates. For hey, sure. guys, listen. For sure. I already know who I'm going to hire, but rules say I have to do this. Right. They're not stupid. Right. Now, I believe the New Orleans Saints really had ambition on bringing in Eric Bieniemy because he's from New Orleans and he gets the city. Right. He gets it. They gave him every opportunity. He decided that he wanted to go back to Kansas City. But if you have another candidate that that fits your your team you should have every right to hire whatever candidate fits the mold. Agreed. Regardless of color. I get it. It's the four coaches that I named, in my opinion of watching football and doing all this, are four better coaches than the coaches who have been hired. And Dennis Allen, even, had an 8-28 and 28 record. Or four and twenty-eight record, it's something crazy. Now, that was on the Demarcus Russell, Terrell Pryor as your quarterback, 
ugly days of the Raiders. I don't think any coach could have coached those teams and gotten away with it because choosing Jamarcus Russell number one, and I'm an LSU guy, was probably the dumbest thing you could have ever done in life. I don't think any coach could have coached that. Right. But there, there are multiple factors that go into making a, a decision like that. I mean, there's obviously payroll that goes into it. You don't know what any of the coaches are asking for. Um, do they do they take a an unproven coach at a discount? Um, without being in those negotiations, how can anyone pass judgment on why or who or you know? You just don't know. You don't have all the information. To, to say whether or not, I mean, to to infer that they're doing it strictly based on race, I think is is ridiculous. Well, I'm not. I, but what is it? Well, what that's keeps not, these coaches on that's, that's the common denominator that you see from the outside, but you don't know what's going on in those negotiation rooms. You don't know what the what the agents, what the coaches' agents are are going in with. Because obviously those conversations are had before the interviews are set up. Um, then maybe they're not a good fit financially. I mean, they're not a good fit financially. Take, they're not a good fit from a from a uh, uh, a system standpoint. That their system doesn't fit the players' roster so, that they have. So let, let's let, let's bring this question into play. Coaches are as only as good as their players, right? True. Players make coaches better. Can. Until we see Brady leave Belichick, they're still both equally as good. Right. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals head coach. Let me re- re- rephrase what you just said. I think you see, obviously, Tom Brady is a good player, great player. He's, we know, he's I know the greatest what your quarterback is. ever to play. Fair enough. You see the limitations of what role Bilicek played in their success in New England because he's otherwise still winning. he hasn't won a Super Bowl. So he had to go hire another quarterback. You can't replace okay. the greatest quarterback okay. ever. So coaching however you can have the greatest coach without the right players, you're not gonna win. How, tell that to Tom Landry. How many Super Bowls did they win? Top three. <laughs> no. I mean, how many did they win? Two? Dallas only has five rings. So Landry had two. Uh, Jimmy Johnson had two. And then Switzer had one, whatever. So Jimmy Johnson really had three. So Cincinnati Bengals hired this coach who was okay. I mean, I guess it's the Cincinnati Bengals. You don't think much of it. So Cincinnati gets the first overall pick. And drafts Joe Burrow. Since Joe Burrow got there, I don't think anybody's given the coach any credit. <laughs> I really don't. So then they go out, they get Jamar Chase. They are now in the Super Bowl. Coaching or players? Or is it the fact that Joe Burrow's good enough to overlook the coaching? I will. I would say, again, not knowing the coaches, how the coaches coach, what their systems are, a good coach is going to be willing and able to manipulate their system 
to accommodate whatever player they have and to, to, to make the best of their players. So in that sense, it's coaching. Uh, so you have whatever players you have. A good coach can take those players and make them and, better, and develop well, and develop a system that t- that takes their strengths and weaknesses into account, and boosts the strengths and minimizes okay. the weaknesses. So, take this part of the conversation. Let's go back to Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Does it come into when you're looking at him and his success? If you're a general manager or someone who is Looking at hiring him, do you go, well, he had all these players. Do you look at him and say, well, he had Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and the tight end, uh, Travis Kelsey, and he has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he's got these linemen. Of course, anybody could probably have a successful because of the players. Or is it the fact that you have to take these players and make them successful and put them in positions to make them succeed? It's certainly a combination of both. I mean, look at the Texans and the, the rosters that they've had over would the years. Would you have hired Levy Smith or would you have hired Eric Bieniemy? I have no idea. I would have hired Eric Bieniemy in a heartbeat. Although I do like the fact that I love Levy Smith. I love Levy Smith. I've liked Levy Smith since he was with Chicago. Okay? A damn good defensive coordinator. Became a head coach, went to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Now he had the world's, he had Tillman, Erlacher, and all these guys. Right. Okay, went to the University of, bounced around a little bit after that, D coordinator, went to Illinois, uh, did okay. I mean, it's Illinois. Right. They don't win. They haven't won since Kirk Kittner. Basketball team, basketball school. Not Not even, they suck at everything now. (laughs) So, at least I think. I don't know, I haven't looked at their basketball in quite a while. I've been watching the LSU basketball sink. That ship is going <laughs> And we can talk about that another day. Uh, March Madness is coming up. We'll talk about that when, then. Um, but Levy Smith coming back, he went to the Texans. Their defense was very competitive. Mm-hmm. We can say competitive. Sure. Because every good defensive player they had, they got rid of. Levy Smith still had a competitive defense. The players love him there. You're now allowing Levy Smith, who probably has learned a lot along the way, mm-hmm. um, how to draft. You're going to need a quarterback. Maybe he can talk to Sean Watson into playing football again. I don't know. Uh, but I do know wherever Brian Flores lands or wanted to land or Deshaun Watson wanted to go there. So the Texans weren't going to hire Brian Flores right. anyway because they wanted to get out of Deshaun Watson's gloom and doom or whatever, whatever the whatever hell they call it. Yep. We don't even know what's happening. Right, right. So in my opinion, and I don't have a professional opinion, this is my opinion of watching football for 44 years and being you know, involved in a bunch. I think Eric Bieniemy should have been hired as head coach somewhere. When, when, I mean, when do they, what? A special teams coach should never be hired as a head coach over one of the most successful offenses over the last six or seven years. Even before Patrick Mahomes, they were pretty good. I, I, 
I hear what you're saying. He has a better track record. Okay. And, you know. Leslie Frazier has one of the best defenses in the NFL. But without being in those. for a long time, for a long period of time. Without being in those conference rooms and hearing the conversations and knowing what the team's executive situation is, what what their variables are. What do they see? What do they value most? Is it character? Is it record? Is it experience? Is it recruiting? Is it, I mean, what is scouting? What, what is their criteria? You can't say, take this coach and plug him into this team without knowing a lot of unknown variables. So uh, you just have to assume that these, now if, if one of these coaches uh, doesn't shake out, then you can come back and say, well, they should have hired the enemy. Uh, but until they've proven that the decision that they made is wrong, I don't think it's for anybody uh, to criti- I mean, obviously you can criticize whatever you want, uh, but they're gonna ha- they have to make the de- what de- whatever decision is best for their team and for their situation. And you have to assume that every team does that, and it's not always based on race. And, I, I and don't think- most definitely. I'd go Do out I on a limb and say mostly is never based on race. But perceived, you, perceived possibly, but actually, I just I, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. I'm not, and I'm not making a case. I'm not making a case saying that it's race. But some of these hires are just baffling, man. I don't disagree. And it's that's, their money. It's their money and their company, sure. and, and they can hire who they want. That's the beauty of this format: is that we can sit back. It's not our money, and it's not our our team. We can criticize the hell out of it. And I'm I, I'm criticizing the Rooney Rule more than anything, right? But the Rooney Rule is based on race. You're right. I mean, so I take the Rooney Rule out of the conversation. Just the, criticize the decision for what it what it is. Well, I based the, on. Based on the, Rooney, the individual. I think the Rooney rule is a slap in the face to these guys and that they, they know it. The fact For that the you're the part. fact that you're forcing someone to consider a candidate based on what is in actuality an irrelevant factor when it comes to playing football or being is a football being a football coach. I'm, Race? I'm gonna take a black dude over a white dude. Come on, man. I mean I would. For what? I mean, take okay, take Fritz. Deion Sanders says it too. Deion says, says what? it. Deion says it. He he said it in the middle of the NFL combine. Says what? Said I'm gonna take the black dude over the white dude. As a player or as a coach? Absolutely over the, as a player. Okay. But we're not talking about players, we're talking about coaches. But what makes it what makes I mean but if, what makes the difference? But Ability. You base it off the, the individual's ability. Look, ability if you, to if coach. You're running, if you're running an offense that has all that, all that going on in an offense, you have all these Hall of Famers going on. Travis Kelsey was supposed to be good, so he's good. No, even by the way, I even heard of Tyreek Hill until he got there. Eric Bieniemy has made this offense what it is. It's legendary. It's 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 up there with the upper echelons of ever in the NFL. The guy deserves a chance at being a head coach. Why on earth is he not a head coach? His 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 oppor- ability his oppor- to coach is his, there, but his opportunity has not presented itself yet. There will be be a team 
that will take a chance on putting him in as head coach. I hope it hasn't happened yet. I really do hope it's soon. It has nothing to do with the Rooney rule. I get what your argument is about forcing these teams to evoke the Rooney rule and interview these guys, give them false hope for jobs that they have, that they have no possibility of getting, but it has nothing to do with their race. If the team has already decided what coach they want to hire, you're, the NFL is just forcing them to hire to interview additional people, wasting everyone's time, and giving and, and giving saying. people things to talk about. That's what I'm saying. Get just get rid of the rule. Yeah, get rid of the rule. Now I'm going to fight for Eric Bieniemy and Leslie Frazier and the rest of these guys. They know how to coach football. Now. How many minority minority owners are there in the NFL? None that I know Arthur of. Arthur Blank. That's it. He hasn't even had a minority. I mean, he did in in Raheem Morris. Uh, I mean, when a head coach, it was it was a hire. When I mean the NFL, and there's a lot of players that still feel this way. I mean, Ryan Clark talks about it on ESPN. He still feels like, look, this old white dude money is still running it. Again, it's a private business. Sure, you're going to do what you got to do with your money. But I'm just saying these candidates are more than worthy of having um, a decent shot at having a head coach. Well, they have a decent shot. Their, their opportunity has not presented itself yet. Well, I hope it does soon for Eric. Right, I there like you go. the guy. So we have Super Bowl is set. For this weekend, we have, and I and I hate I hate to say it because my dad is eighty two years old, and he has a nickname for Joe Burrow. <laughs> In fact, he has the hat. It says Big Dick Joe. <laughs> I can check every box on why the Los Angeles Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Even the down to down to home field advantage, they don't have Joe Burrow. It's almost like watching the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers saying, "Man, Denver has everything. They had everything from the offensive line. They didn't have Roger Craig. They didn't have Jerry Rice. Okay, but everything was equal until you got to Joe Montana. Okay." I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl. There's nothing that tells me that they're not going to win. Huh? I think I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase will be are right now. Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. I believe that. I think it's awfully early to to put that kind of moniker. Look at the on. numbers. Numbers I, don't I lie. You. I got you. Now, different eras of football. You were allowed to play. I say different eras of football, and people say, oh, well, you were allowed to play defense. Well, the offensive just it just got, it evolved, right? They just got smarter. I think the defensive rules have changed a little bit to allow rookie receivers to go, but this dude's got talent, mm-hmm. right? So did Randy Moss. Randy Moss came in when you could still play defense. Ask the Dallas Cowboys. He had three catches for 158 yards and three touchdowns on Thanksgiving Day as rookie season. 
I, now, Jamar Chase is not Randy Moss. We're not going to see another Randy Moss for a long time. I do believe Joe Burrow is Joe Namath. And so should he win this Super Bowl? Hollywood Joe. I mean, you're close. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the swag on Joe? Oh, yeah. Like, if Joe Burrow wins one Super Bowl, you think about his journey and his story through Baton Rouge and getting to go back home to Cincinnati, Ohio kid growing up, and you win a Super Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals. Like the sorriest franchise. They 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 didn't suck when I was growing up. They had Boomer Sison and Icky Woods and the Woods Shuffle and all that stuff. Well, and there was always Cleveland to trump them as the oh, worst. Boy. <laughs> that I and I don't even think Cleveland's ever gonna come out of their hole. Um, not with Baker Mayfield anyway. So Joe Burrow goes in and he wins this Super Bowl Sunday. Where does that rank of the one of the coolest NFL stories, man? It's up there for sure. I mean, it's got to be as you go from national title two years ago to Super Bowl. No, you went. You, okay, this is what you go from. You go from an Ohio kid who went to Ohio State to play with probably one of the most arrogant asshole coaches to ever live, to being told you're not good enough. To transfer into Baton Rouge to a coach who could barely speak English. I'll go Tigers. <laughs> and somehow, you transform a university who went from Nick Saban to Les Miles to nothing. You come in and you transform that university from trash. And I'm an LSU guy. So I can call them trash because that's what they were. You take them from trash to the best college football team in history. Okay, they you weren't good. You were the best team in college football history. You would obliterate the 2000 Miami Hurricanes. You would destroy every Oklahoma team that ever won. You had the most talented football team in the history of college football. You then go to the Cincinnati Bengals, who were 2-14. Two years later, you have them in the Super Bowl, and you didn't even play half of your first year. <laughs> you had Cincinnati in playoff contention your rookie season. More impressive than Tom Brady's rookie Super Bowl? I'd say so, yeah. More impressive than that? For sure. Because it's the Cincinnati Bengals? New England had a team. That definitely has to factor into it. Well, New England had a good team because of Bill Parcells. Right. Belichick took over for Parcells. They had some groceries in the fridge to make a pretty good gumbo. Cincinnati had nobody. They went out and drafted Joe Mixon. They had T. Higgins. They had some part. They still have a trash offensive line, which we'll get into the real reason why the Rams will probably win the Super Bowl here in a minute. But you have to pull for Joe Burrow because of the story. It being better than if he should win, be a better story than Tom Brady. I believe so. Just because of the, 
You, I mean, you went from nothing, man. You went from being behind four different quarterbacks at Ohio State to the best college football team ever to play to taking the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. The only reason why the Cincinnati Bengals are going to lose the Super Bowl is because of Aaron Donald. Cincinnati doesn't have the offensive line. Hmm. They just don't. But then again, the Rams have Matthew Stafford, who at any time can absolutely implode and just throw three interceptions for no reason at all. Right. Joe Burrow doesn't have that. So like I said in the beginning, you can check every box. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching, tangibles, blah, 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 blah. You don't have Joe Burrow. That's how good Joe Burrow is. I've got Cincinnati winning. I've got Cincinnati 20. We'll go Rams. We'll say 10. They'll score more than 10, but I'll say 10. Because Matthew Stafford will probably throw an interception that he shouldn't. Um, so who, if you have double zeros on your board... For Sunday, you win a million dollars. What do you, I mean, well, I mean, any arguments? I mean. No, and in fact, I had the Cincinnati as well. Uh, but for argument's sake, I'll flip it. I'll, I'll pick L.A. I can't, can't, it's, it, I wrestled. Dude, you going. already won. You already won the whole thing. <laughs> but just for argument's like sake. Like you're still, you're still, just you're for still a game sake. ahead. Because I can't, I can't go against fighting Texas Aggie, former, Super Bowl MVP Von Miller, I mean, you gotta love that guy. No, you uh, don't. See him doing. I you see don't him have him. to like Von Miller. Sure you do. At all. Sure you do. No. Although I am kind of fond of dudes who can play like that with glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. He normally doesn't play with his glasses though. Not anymore. He used to play with frame glasses on. No, he never wore. He didn't wear them when he played. But how the hell can he see? Didn't need to. Just show me the color. Like a bull. <laughs> so, show me red. Orange. I don't like orange. So so we have Cincinnati, so that's end of football season. And we could sit here and say all we want to, that pitchers and catchers report in a few days. <laughs> Supposed to. That ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. And that may not happen for quite a while. Do the owners in baseball eventually just fire Manfred? You figure they got to do something. They cannot. Something has they to happen. They cannot do. They cannot let this happen. No, you will destroy baseball. It will. I, Your greed has destroyed baseball. It will take twice, <laughs> twice as long and twice the dose of steroids to bring baseball well, back from this. The one thing that they have agreed on is to stop testing for steroids. Yeah, they have agreed to that. I know. I'm kind of okay with that. Because they know there's going to be a delay in the start of the season. Sure there is. <laughs> Although, I am, I'm, I'm for this, and we talked about this in one of our episodes. When the Houston Astros totally screwed George Springer, the year he hit like 55 bombs or whatever. Well, they've, they've screwed every player on that team at one point so, or another. Absolutely. Altuve, Correa. I mean, Correa had his money from the beginning. Uh, Bregman started light. Now you got Tucker and and uh, Alvarez. Alvarez. Now, by the time you get done with those, well, by the time their uh, contracts come up, 
how much money do you have if you're Houston? Right. You have to play that because of where you are. For sure. Even though you're the fourth largest media outlet, you're still not the fourth largest baseball market. You're just but you're, you're much not. larger than you were when you started this whole run. That's right, because if the Texans weren't – the Texans, it's perfect for the Astros, right? right? The Rockets suck. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about just strictly baseball. The Astros are much more relevant today than they were because they're winning for sure. They had to. So they tank. are. They are they a bigger to, baseball market they had right to now. Tank to get there for sure. We all knew that if Houston ever take the Randy Johnson year, no one put seventy five well, thousand people in the stadium. Yeah, well, that, that it took a different owner. It took an owner that was willing to put some, put some money in place to go out and spend the money to. I bring thought in Uncle the Drayton put this. He laid down yeah. the stepping stone. I loved Uncle Drayton. He spent money, but he spent it in big wads with one player. And this guy is spending it not everywhere, as, not as much in one place, but spreading it out, bringing bringing in a team full, not just a player so or a couple of players. The St. Louis Cardinals kind of taught the rest of baseball how to do that. Jeff mm-hmm. Lou now did. Mm-hmm. I wish the Astros would bring him back. Mm. They have this time in the season to do it. Um, I think Lou now is going to win his lawsuit with Jim Crane. Um, they fired him. I think, and, and you know what though, Jim Crane kind of likes being the man saying that I won this. I mm-hmm. spent the money. I did this for sure. Lou now is getting all the credit. So I think that's why they fired him. You want me to get into this honest opinion? Baseball cannot afford to do what it's doing right now. Now, pitchers and catchers don't report, and they could get something done. They're not talking again until tomorrow. So, in that time, Major League Baseball needs to fire its commissioner mm-hmm. right now and say, you know what, guys, you got screwed. Altuve and those other guys got screwed. Mike Trout got hosed. Let's get rid of this six-year thing. You come in, you sign, your this team control crap goes away. You now then say, hey, this is what we're doing. Move it from six to three. The guys are still in their prime. Now, will the New York Yankees be good every year? Absolutely. Will the Mets be good every year? Yes. Does it help the Dodgers and the Angels? Probably. But Jim Crane's a smart enough owner to get past that, Right. You kept your nucleus together here in Houston. You got a few years. Right. Okay. Now you have to hire a general manager who knows what he's doing in the draft. Ludow didn't miss. You got to bring the guy back. Bring him back during this dead period. Now, the rest of the owners, when they fire Manfred, they should hire someone who fully understands that Barry Bonds and Pete Rose need to be in the Hall of Fame with Roger Clemens. Now, that has nothing to do with Major League Baseball. But if you're going to be that powerful of a man and be the commissioner of the entire league, at least talk about it. There's no reason that Manfred should ever say, open the oh, door. Yeah. open the door for open these the dudes who belong in the Hall of Fame. They right. saved your game. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens saved your game. Right. Rafael Palmero. Baltimore wasn't relevant. Since Cal Ripken Jr.'s heyday, he suddenly goes in there with Cal Ripken 
hits 320-something with 40 bombs and 100-something ribbies. But Rafael Palmero was good when he was with the Cubs. Right. And he was great when he was with Texas. Yeah. So steroids, if you're going to now stop testing for steroids, there's about 30 dudes that are about to be, should be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Because now you're just contradicting yourself. Fire Manfred. I will wear a t-shirt tomorrow that says it (laughs) Um, because the guy is just an idiot. Baseball is America's pastime. It should be savored. It should be saved. And if you're going to do it, you better do it within the next ah, couple weeks. Not even. Because. You need spring training. Do you? Yeah, you do. Because. Do you need it to be a month long? No, it's not about that. At this point, it's it's a it's a visual. You got it. Given the way the off season has gone, you need spring training to get everybody's mind right to let them know that hey, we put our differences aside. Everything's going to go forward as normal. If you miss any spring training, it's going to affect the regular season. And then you're talking about money, right? Well, the owners did it to themselves. Well, sure, they but, did but, the lockout. But think again, what? Where they fail to acknowledge is that the fans are watching. Sure. And we see we see what you're doing. Who in the hell wants to pay that much for a ticket? That's right. So That's is right. that as if fans, you want it, if you want us to keep paying that kind of money for tickets, but figure it out. Here's the deal. Figure it out. T V money will always pay for it. Yeah, but does they still need us to buy jerseys and buy tickets and buy hot dogs and beer Do and they stuff need us to yeah, they do, especially after the year that they had without people in the in the stands. Ooh. How much money did they lose that year? Ugh. They're still recovering. But every like team, said, every team is recovering. The, uh, uh, TV contracts still paid for every bit. Of I don't, it. I don't disagree with you there. The New York Yankees I, make six hundred million dollars a year before they even touch a baseball contract. I understand that, but I guarantee you, they count on that money from the people having butts in those seats. I agree. They they count the, on that money. That money that money is in their budget. The leases right are taken care of through people in the seats. That money that money is in their budget, and it was not the money. The dollars weren't in their bank accounts. What are the odds for the better this, part of a year? What are the odds we get this thing done before spring training? It's not looking good. Not not as of I say twenty seven forty five on Wednesday, February ninth. I give it twenty percent that we're going to have baseball on time. Pitchers and catchers show up on Valentine's Day. Okay, so two percent <laughs> that baseball is going to show up on time. <laughs> They're not getting a deal done before Monday. <laughs> so there's that. Um, what do we do without baseball? Like what? Me and you being baseball fanatics, what what is there to do without baseball? <laughs> well, seeing that we live where we live, it's not hockey. It ain't surfing because we ain't got no surf. <laughs> and college college baseball isn't as entertaining. College but. baseball is coming to Minute Maid Park soon. And, man, LSU and the big boys are coming for that tournament. Um, I will be there. Yeah, I will at least go watch a, um LSU game. Um, they're the best team in college baseball. Again. Whatever. Since I mean, but I love baseball, and I just wish collectively Major League Baseball owners and players 
get the head out of your asses. Yep. We Figure pay your salaries. Right. Figure it out, Figure man. it out. Figure it out. Don't be hating. Don't be hating. Don't be hating. <laughs> Don't be hating, man. Okay, before we leave, jackass, you seeing it? <laughs> I have not. Are you Are you going to? No, I'm not. Why? I'm not a fan. Ever? Ever. You have never been a never fan seen, of Never Johnny? seen a single are one of them. Are you crazy? Love Johnny... Love Johnny Knoxville and the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, probably that was terrible. I'm probably on the in the minority Dude, on that one. Jesus Christ, are you? I just don't. I don't. You know what a good movie he was in? Sabotage. I'm not familiar with that one. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. You've never seen it? I, maybe I don't remember it. Look it up. Okay. Or I don't know. I don't know if it's Sabotage. Is it Sabotage. It's a newer Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where they're down by the border on Mexico and they have things happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's a good movie. It's a good Johnny Knoxville movie. Used to definitely, and he was good in Walking Tall. Yeah, with The Rock. Yeah, he was good in that. Yeah, Got yeah. Shot a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's the only real movies that I've ever seen him in, other than The Dukes of Hazard. Yep. Um, Jackass though, at forty four years old, I'm going to go find me a pair of Vans and put me on some cargo <laughs> shorts with a black t shirt, go in there and be like. Okay, I'm 24 again. There you go. And probably giggle at stuff that I should. Well, that's what you My wife was taking her son to go see it uh, tonight, as a matter of fact. And uh, a couple of nights ago, we were talking about, hey, it's coming out this week. And I told her I was not interested. I've never seen a single movie. The little bit that I've seen of the TV show is just not not my not my cup of tea. The funniest. I, thing. I know I'm in the minority <laughs> on that too because I know people love that stuff. The funniest thing that I've ever seen in television history. And you can look it up. They got a guy on Jackass, and his name is Wee Man. The little midget guy. Some people call them vertically challenged. <laughs> so Wee Man decides to pee on a sponge and walk up behind Shaquille O'Neal and slap him in the head. Now, if you can visualize Shaq running as fast as he can after this little midget guy, and kicking him like a field goal, <laughs> about ten yards in the and air. and see that 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 by itself that is not I don't find it funny. That's hilarious. I don't find it funny there's at all. But, it's nasty. There's nothing wrong with flying midgets. It's not about the flying midgets. Get the hell it's about it. That's what hitting funny. him with a sponge full of pee. That's okay, disgusting. The, that's the that's the antagonizer. That's the <laughs> agitator, right? The funny part of it is a midget flying in the air. Yeah. Okay. How is that not funny? I don't know. <laughs> there's something. There's just something funny about a midget getting kicked. Like I, a field I goal. don't doubt there are probably things in there that that I would find amusing. I'll never know. I mean, <laughs> I will never know. Are you sure? I'm positive. We'll never do. We'll never. never. We'll never have it a will, problem. It will, it will never happen. Well, there's that. So we <laughs> we nailed it down that Matt the superstar sweat will never watch a, a jackass, jackass video movie. with with me. <laughs> And all the, the the times we've looked at each other's eyeballs, we'll never watch a Jackass movie. <laughs> well, that wraps, that wraps it up for episode four, y'all. I hope everybody has a great remainder of your week. Don't forget, Joe Burrow's going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Big Duke Joe. We're gonna, we may even have a song for it by the time we come back. There you go. God knows we like to sing. <laughs> for Daniel Tiny, Gidry, and Matt, the superstar, Swift. We out of here. We gone. Some things ain't meant to be Best things in life are free 
And tomorrow is another day Funny how the truth sounds so cliche You gotta keep on, keep on, keep it on Push it on down the line Keep on, keep on, keep it on Keep on getting further 